No one likes waiting, but sometimes it's unavoidable. The good news is waiting just got a little less stressful and less of a burden on your staff thanks to ActiveWorks Camp and Class Manager's waitlist tool. When a spot becomes available, an email is automatically sent to the first registrant on the waitlist, giving them a set amount of time to claim their spot. Learn more at www.activenetwork.com forward slash ACA. Say goodbye to paperwork and hello to a stress-free summer with UltraCamp. Their comprehensive suite of tools has everything you need to ensure a successful program. From online registration, custom reporting, staff management to camper health, and more. Best of all, you can access and manage your program from the palm of your hand. For more information, visit ultracamp.com. everyone and welcome to another episode of the Camp Wire podcast. My name is Lauren McMillan and I am thrilled to be joined in this conversation today by Alicia Dannenberg, our content director at ACA. And we are so excited to bring you a conversation with Candace Doby. Candace is a speaker, author of A Cool Girl's Guide to Courage, and coach who works with organizations to create a culture of courage where employees perform at their highest potential. Candace combines a decade of research of, on courage with her experiences leading marketing teams at Chipotle and traveling the world solo. This unique combination equips her with the implementable strategies she has shared with thousands of leaders to help them courageously speak up step up and show up in the workplace. Candace is known for delivering those strategies with a blend of truth, love, and a bit of shade to match the realness of courage, which prompts clients to refer to her in-person and virtual presence as captivating. She has worked with organizations such as the Timken Company, MARTA, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, American Camp Association, and many others. Her work has been featured on MSNBC and NPR. Candace is the creator of the Courage Hotline podcast, host of the Own Your Brilliance Retreat, and the owner of Pep Talker Greeting Cards, available online and in select stores. Candace holds a bachelor's degree in journalism and mass communication and a master's degree in technology and communication from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, where she also ran track. Candace, my goodness gracious, you are amazing. Welcome to the Camp Bar podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Yes. And Alicia, welcome as well. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. This is Alicia. I've got my radio voice on this afternoon. Oh, yeah. We're ready <laughs> to go. All right, Candace, let's just jump right in. Tell us about the Candace Doby suite of content and the way that you have worked with camps. We're going to jump right in. So you mentioned a little bit about this in the intro, but I partner with organizations. That's what I do to create a culture of courage where employees, members, people within those organizations can perform to their potential. And when I work with people individually, I am helping them courageously own their brilliance. And so to me, what that means is I help them courageously speak up and step up and show up in the workplace. So this kind of manifests itself in a lot of different ways, got to be real. Um, so I'm a speaker. I am on stages sharing the message and helping people create cultures of courage. I am also a coach. So I work with people one-on-one -on -one to help them courageously um, own their brilliance. And I'm an author. Um, so these are some of the ways that I have gotten, you know, my 
message about courage out there. And I have, yes, had the pleasure of working with ACA a few times. Um, and our work together has, has come up in a lot of different ways too. I've keynoted the national conference uh, in 2022, I believe. I worked with Alicia on creating a course, Courageous Conversations at Camp. Um, so these are a couple of, of the ways that I've, I've been able to work with and partner with ACA. I don't know how you have time to do all of that, but we are so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about courage that is so important? And especially thinking about camps, how does courage and the concept of courage, how does that apply to camp staff, especially those who are gearing up for the summer of 23? Well, let me start by saying why I think courage is so important. And I'm going to quote Maya Angelou because I think what she says about courage is so phenomenal and it really gets the point across about how important it is. So what she says is courage is the most important of all the virtues because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. And so what this means is oftentimes we walk around with values of creativity or fairness or kindness. So these are the things we walk around and we want our behavior to be congruent with those values. Well, what my Angelo says and what I also believe is that your values will really only take you to the edge of your comfort zone. So your values alone will help you to be kind when it's easy to be kind. Your values alone will help you to be creative when it's easy to be creative. But when you are met with a challenge or a risk, when you are met with difficulty, what helps you to exercise or walk within that value is that you've got to have courage to do it. So what all this means, I know I'm being long-winded, but what all this means is that courage is foundational. It is foundational to helping us live out our values when living out our values are, are hard to do. Um, so that's why it's so important when, you know, specifically when we're talking about camp, there's a lot that goes on at camp. Camp is so, it's such a beautiful nurturing place for youth to be able to be courageous, to take risks, to build their confidence. And so courage can show up in a lot of different places, a lot of different forms. When it comes to camp staff, courage can be how do you have courageous conversations with other staff who might think differently than you or who might have a different perspective than you. Um, it could come up when you need to mediate a conversation between campers that might be um there might be some tension or difficulty. How do you how do you exercise or step into courage to help in those situations? Um, there there are lots of different ways that it can play out at camp, and and one of the ways that we've specifically talked about, particularly with Alicia, is having those courageous conversations. The question. So the next question that I have for you, Candice, is to build that relationship between courage and confidence. We're, we're getting into the summer of 2023. We hope that and, and know that there are a lot of frontline staff out there who are going to be listening to this podcast. How uh, and why is it important for them to uncover their own courage so that they can build confidence? And how does that impact the staff that they, the youth that they serve? Yes. Let's, can we start with the definition of courage or at least the definition that I use? And this is based on the research of Dan Putman, who is a courage researcher. And so the, the definition that I use is that courage is a choice to face a risk for a worthy purpose. So if we break that down, what that really means is that courage is our personal choice. We are doing something because we want to, we are doing it based on free will, 
not because somebody else told us to do something. And we're making a choice to face a risk. So something that seems difficult or challenging to us. The whole reason we're doing this, we're facing this risk, we're doing it for a worthy purpose. So those are three important uh, parts to that choice, risk, and worthy purpose. And so the reason this comes up or is important at camp is they're all kind of worthy purposes that we can talk about at camp. There's the worthy purpose of helping campers discover, you know, the, the greatness, the goodness, skills and talents within, within them, inside of them. There's the purpose of campers and frontline staff themselves exercising and extending their capabilities and really stepping into their potential and power as a leader at camp, as a person who is who, who may be stepping into situations that they have not experienced before. And so um, courage, hold on, let me think about the question that you asked. I'm so sorry, I lost it. Um, That's okay. Why is this important? Why is it important? And also the youth that they impact, which you were, you were getting there to lay the foundation of that. It just needs the connection. Right. So, so why courage is important. Here we go. So courage is important for the frontline staff themselves, because again, it's about taking a risk. It's about widening your sphere of possibilities for yourself as a camp staff person, as a person who is going to be around a lot of youth, helping them develop and grow. Um, remember, our values alone will only take us to the edge of our comfort zone. So when we are in a space um, camp where we have opportunities to take risks, where we have opportunities to step into our skills more, courage is the foundational quality that will help us to be able to do that. Um, when it comes to campers themselves, so camp is really an amazing you know, one of a kind space for campers to be able to, like I like to say, really access more of themselves, really understand, you know, their strengths, their talents, their skills, they get to try them out and see how reliable they are. So there's a lot of risk taking that happens at camp. And again, if we're taking risks, then we probably are going to need courage to help us to, to move forward. And, and get past the challenge. And, and so my follow-up question there would be, now that you've defined what it is and why it's important, I'm actually thinking that we need to take a step back and think about the mindset that you just talked about. So forget about, you know, we want you to go in to camp. This is why it's important to have courage. But how do you even have the mindset as a young person serving youth this summer? That I think is important mm. to discuss. Yes. Okay. So courageous mindset. First of all, let's just, what, what does it take to be courageous? Like, what does it take to actually conjure courage and act courageously at camp? And so the first thing that I'm going to say is conjuring courage is really about understanding three things. So let's, let's make this plain and let's put it in the context of an example. Let's say you're a frontline staff member. And one of the things that you have to do is deal with a difficult parent or a parent who is coming and, and maybe giving some um, energy that you didn't expect. Maybe it's that you have to have a conversation with another, you know, camp staff that is that could potentially be difficult. So let's just use that as the frame for how to conjure courage. Okay, so there are a couple of things that we need to be able to understand, and that is, what is the risk? Why does this feel risky? It's really important when we are conjuring courage that we do understand 
what is the barrier or the challenge in front of us that's keeping us from moving forward from having these conversations. So that's the first thing that I would say if I'm talking directly to frontline staff or anyone is do you really understand the risk? Because here's what our brain's going to do. Let me just get brainy for a second. What our brain is going to do is think of all the worst case scenarios that might happen when having this conversation. When you're in front of this parent, your brain is going to think, well, what if, you know, the parent goes and talks to my camp director and says things about me that are not true? What if I lose the relationship with this camper because of the dynamic with this parent? Like you're going to think of all the worst case scenarios that might happen if you were to engage in a conversation. So it's really important to think about what exactly am I afraid of? Like in order to, to conjure courage, you, you at least have to really know and clarify what exactly am I afraid of? So let's just leave that there. Um, what's also important is you think about what if you don't have this conversation? What if you don't have the conversation with the parent that can actually lead to a better experience for the camper or lead to a deeper understanding for the parent themselves? What happens if you don't have the conversation with the you know, co uh, the, the colleague that you have, the other camp staff that you have that can lead to better boundaries, that can lead to a better relationship. So it's really important to understand that you know where that fear is coming from. And then quickly, what I'll, I'll say about the other two parts is when it comes to courage, we have to have a reason, an internally motivated reason to subject ourselves or expose ourselves to potential less than ideal outcomes, to, put, to, to expose ourselves to rejection or isolation or the things that you're scared of. Like, what's the, what's the reason? What's the really good reason that you have? And that reason needs to be internally motivated. So you're at camp, you're about to start camp this summer. You have an opportunity to flex your courage muscle. You understand the risk. The, the next thing you need to know is, do you really understand the reason that you would expose yourself to these things? It needs to be internally motivated. It needs to be because you are holding true to a value that you hold. You are um, wanting to, you know, stand up for yourself if that's what it is. You're wanting to say, you know, have a say about how you take up space in the world. Whatever it is, it needs to be internally motivated. And then the last thing, which I think we could probably talk about more, Alicia, is how do you feel about your resources to get through these moments where courage are necessary? How do you feel about how reliable they are? So when it comes to courage, courage wants to know that we absolutely do have some sense of ability before we jump into the thing. Courage doesn't want you to go into whatever might seem difficult with absolutely no skill and ability. We have to have something. And then also confidence. We have to have some level of confidence. You don't have to have a mastery level of confidence, but we got to go in there with some kind of faith in our ability. So I feel like we could talk a lot about those two last things, but those are the things when we're talking about conjuring courage and we're talking about bringing it to the surface, what are you really afraid of? If you don't have this conversation or don't do this thing, what could be the risk of that? What is the reason that you would even expose yourself to difficulty or a challenge? What's the internally motivated reason? And then let's just say things go less than ideal. Do you believe in your ability and your confidence to help you navigate through that? Yes. And I think we should definitely come back to resources and confidence because that is super important to unpack this. And my mind is going real quickly, fear, conflict, and risk. 
often have negative connotations associated with them, especially when you're in a, a place where you have to have a difficult conversation or you have to manage a difficult relationship. But in working with you and learning more about courage, courage is that positive twist or that positive mindset that gives us the resources and the confidence to get through situations that we would sometimes recognize in our frontal brain. I don't know what part of the brain as negative, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So let me talk about fear for a second. Um, Alicia, you know, you know, my work, you know, cool girls guide to courage. One of the things that I like doing is personifying these things, giving them a personality. So I like to give courage a personality. And we think about courage as our friend. We think about courage as our bestie. And if, if our bestie is going to be by our side with us, as we do these challenging things, what would our bestie say to us? I think about the same thing with fear. I think about how can we personify fear so that we really understand it a little bit better and we can maybe think about it as not this totally negative thing, but as maybe just, you know, something that's there that can help us, but we also have to manage. So the way that I like to think about fear is your annoying cousin. Okay. Your annoying overprotective cousin. So like your, your cousin is overprotective because they want to keep you safe from something. So fear likes to show up. Your overprotective cousin likes to show up to keep you um, safe from both physical and social harm. And so if we think about it in this way, instead of thinking about it as the grim reaper, then we can have a better relationship with fear if we just say that, you know, oh, that's just our annoying cousin. So in, in this relationship with fear, you know, the first thing we want to know is like, well, what are you trying to protect me from? You know, that's, I think, really important if you're having this conversation or relationship with fear. What are they so, what is fear so scared about? And again, uh, it's it's trying to protect us from physical and social harm. That That's what it is. The other thing we can do is we can ask fear questions, which I think is really important, which is, well, what happens? And this is literally what I do. What would happen if... The conversation didn't go exactly the way that I wanted to. Or what would happen if I got in the boat for the first time this summer and I kind of lost my balance? What would happen? And so when we can think about fear as our annoying cousin and ask questions of it, we can we can start to put it in perspective. So that's one thing that I like to say. I was like, I like to say, how can we not necessarily get rid of fear, but how can we, you know, kind of make it sit in a corner and behave? So that's what I would. That's what I would say about fear. Fear. Fear shows up to show us what we need to give attention to, um, but it doesn't necessarily need to be this thing that we try and run away from every time it it shows up. Absolutely. And and a couple times I heard you say, if we think about it this way, if I change my mindset and I think about this before I act upon the fear or the risk at hand, I think that is the part too that for those of you who are listening finding the time and the energy to take that extra step to really think about this mindset of courage, that's what's going to help you challenge yourself to then confront that fear. And, and that's just from my experience of how I've tried to adapt this in my own life, Candace. It's really important uh, that you take a step back and think about it in that way, again, that you could normally think this is a really negative thing that's going on or that's going to happen, but shift the mindset to think about how can I confront this? And in A Cool Girl's Guide to Courage, 
Uh, you have amazing quotes and images that I think are really, really impactful to young staff. Don't front confront on page 140 is where I'm going. Yes. Um, and th- <laughs> it, it, it's broken down by sections where you can really just think about these ways to encourage yourself or your staff about how you can think about that mindset differently. Yeah. And the mindset that you bring up is so is so important. And it's one that makes me think about just curiosity and questioning and the experimenter's mindset, which is so key to courage. You know, if we think about someone, a scientist or a person who does experiments, the first thing that that experiment starts with is a question. And questions are so important when we are talking about courage because it's so easy to go negative, because it's so easy to get fearful and, and wanting to um, run questions, what they do is they help us to understand the, the accuracy of what we're thinking and feeling, you know, they help us to understand, or at least look at what we might be experiencing from another point of view. So we're feeling the fear about having a conversation about, you know, um, engaging with another staff person at camp. We're having the fear questions are, are critical. And that's part of the courageous mindset is can you interrupt or disrupt the negative kind of thought pattern with questions? And there are all kinds of questions that we can ask ourselves. We can ask ourselves questions as simple as why am I feeling this way? Or how accurate is this thought? Or could anything else be true? So when you're dealing with a difficult parent and you're thinking about all the tension and all of the things that can happen that might go wrong, if you were to interrupt that negative thought pattern and and say to yourself, well, what else could be true? What, What other option could there be? What else could be happening? Then what that does is it allows you, it gives you space to really make fear sit in a corner and behave and allows your courage to to surface um, when you can when you can stop and ask questions and think more intentionally. So thank you for bringing that up, Alicia, because it's a really important part of of having that courageous mindset. Yeah, and and one piece I want to make sure that we don't forget about um, are those resources. But what I just heard is that questions and asking and thinking to yourself are part of those resources that you have. And I want to make sure that there's no other resources that you want to mention as well. I would say questions are a huge, huge part of the resources. When we, the the two big ones that we mentioned, your ability and skill, which is competence and confidence, really confidence is nothing more than belief or trust in your ability. So it's really important to feel like you have ability to remind yourself that you have ability when we're acting courageously. Um, So I would say remembering, remembering past insights, skills, lessons that you've learned from previous experiences is something that is really important to being able to act courageously. Because again, your brain is going to go there. It's going to go to the worst case scenario. And so if we can interrupt that, that thought pattern that tends to be negative with remembering our goodness and our wins and that we've done this before, um, it helps to build back up our ability or at least remember that we have the ability to move forward. Confidence. A lot of people want to talk a lot about confidence and I'm here for it. What I will also say is that confidence is really an outgrowth. It's like a lag indicator of your ability. So if you feel like, when we're talking about ability, if you feel like, especially when it comes to a hard conversation, that you have the words to say, you actually 
um, have a purpose for the conversation, you know, the outcome that you're hoping from the conversation, you have um, an objective for the conversation. If you know, if you, if you know what you're going to say, um, this is about ability, really, this is about technical ability. And so if you have that ability, your confidence grows out of that. If you feel like you don't have that ability, if you're going into this, like, I have absolutely no idea what to say or how to respond or how to go into this, then that's where the lack of confidence comes from. It's just, you know, you don't have faith in that ability. So that's why when I work with people, I'm working really hard on ability and helping them to remember and uncover abilities that they already have. I absolutely love that. And I, it's such an interesting way to think about confidence because I mean, you're right. I think, um, we hear all the time that's like, Oh, just have more confidence or like build your confidence or it, it, it makes it seem like confidence is something that we have to like effort our way to achieving or to gaining, but this understanding that it stems from something that is already within us, like all these abilities, like we all have these skills and talents and, and abilities within us. And I just, I think that's such a more, uh, approachable way to look at it and such a more accessible way of thinking like, oh, I do have this within me and therefore I can be confident because of this. Um, I just think that's, that is a very, I don't know how else to phrase it. It's a very confidence boosting way of thinking. Um, so yeah, I just think that's so fantastic. Um, in your, so in your book, a cool girl's guide to courage, there's another quote that I want to touch on and that's you are worth the risk. I know you've talked about risk throughout this conversation already, but let's hang out there for a second. Can you talk a bit more about why understanding risk is important along with the reward that we find within taking risks? Yes. I feel like understanding the risk is so foundational to being able to move past the risk um, because, you know, we, we feel so much when we are met with a challenge and we want to act courageously. We feel so much. We feel, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be judged for saying this or doing this. I don't want to be isolated, you know, um, from other camp staff. I don't want to stick out and stand out. And so we feel so many things. It's really important to conjure to conjure courage to thinking about what exactly is the risk, you know. And and I mentioned this before, but not only is it the negative things that can happen, the downside of of having this conversation or doing the thing and things not working out, it's also what can happen if you don't. And so we talked a little bit about that, but that really relates to the quote in the book, you are worth the risk. So if we go back to the definition of courage, which is courage is a choice to face a risk for a worthy purpose. That quote really means that you are the worthiest purpose. Like you, you know, standing in your uniqueness, you having a say about how you take up space in the world, you defending yourself. And I don't want to necessarily use the word defending, but really advocating, that's a better word, advocating for yourself. These are worthy purposes. And so when a person realizes that, you know, then it can, it can make the risk seem more, I don't want to say inviting, but you can approach it a little bit better. Yeah. And I also want to say, cause you said something Lauren, that made me think of something else about confidence building. Okay. So the thing that I want to say about confidence building is 
It's important. I don't not like talking about competent or confidence. I just believe ability is really where we start with building yeah. confidence. And here's what I, I will say. I've written about this before, um, but the confidence building process is not a romantic process. So when I talk to a lot of people and they ask me, how do I build my confidence? What are some things that I can do? It's, you know, it's not necessarily this romantic process. And so I let like to let them know that really confidence building, it includes before you build confidence, what, what often happens is you understand that there is a gap between where you are and where you want to be. And when you see that gap and understand that gap, it can be painful. Confidence, the confidence building process, usually what that brings up is I have way more practice to do. And so knowing that you have so far to go can feel painful. And so this whole confidence building process, I just want to say, it is about enduring the discomfort that is a part of it. We become more confident we, when we um, can endure the discomfort that comes with building up our skills. So I just wanted to, to mention that because I think it's important. Yes. Thank you for saying that. And you're exactly right. I think with that, people have this, this thought or this belief that finding your confidence or building confidence is going to be this very grand, like, oh, I'm going to feel amazing all of a sudden, but kind of almost having permission to understand, like, it's not necessarily going to be this sparkly adventure all the time. I think there's, there's a sense of relief with that and understanding that it's, it's just part of the journey and that might be hard at times. Yeah. It's part of the journey. And if you can stick with it, if we can endure, um, then we get to the confidence, you know, we get to it. Oftentimes Mm -hmm. this takes repetition. You know, there's a quote that I love from Abraham Maslow, the hierarchy of needs guy, who basically said the people who reach the fullness of their potential are the people who make risk-taking routine. So what I love about camp is this is literally an environment where risk-taking can be routine. Every single day, there is an opportunity to step outside of your comfort zone and to take a risk. And so risk is often needs to be met with courage. And that's why I think it's so important for camp staff, even campers, camp directors, everybody to understand that you really have the optimal kind of environment to grow people's for them to step into their potential because they have the opportunity to take risk every day. So helping campers, camp staff, if you're listening, helping campers really understand what they're scared about. If you see them wanting to take a risk, helping them to understand what they're really fearful about, helping them unpack that, even for yourself, helping them understand the reason. So if we're talking about a camper, um, Maybe it is going on the ropes course for the first time. And if they find that they're doing that because everybody else is doing it, that's actually an external motivation. And that's not what courage shows up for. Courage doesn't show up for us wanting to do it because everybody else is doing it. Courage shows up for us when we have an internally motivated purpose. So helping that camper um, get to a place where they want to do it for themselves. Like, I want to do this because I want to try it. I want to show myself I can do it. I've never done it before, and it could be a cool experience. That's where we want to get them. And then the resources, you know, skill and ability is skill, ability, and confidence really comes from just helping them take risk after risk after risk every day at camp. And what another unique opportunity that camp staff have to serve campers in such a unique way that's not school related, where they're studying, you know, specific activities throughout the day, not saying that you can't experience all of the things that we've been talking about, but camp is that place, like you said, where kids 
get to experience risk and have a huge opportunity to build from you, the staff member. And I, and it's just another reason why people should work at camp too. So now this has turned into a project real job blog <laughs> for the project real job people out there. Candace can tell us also why camp is important uh, and how it's rewarding for you yeah. and the youth that you serve. Um, I just want to take a note and say that some of the questions that I got today were inspired from those articles that are on your website. So we'll make sure and post a link uh, for those of you who are listening. If you want to read more about the articles that Candace has mentioned, they're really um, insightful and also can help. If this is the first time that you're hearing us talk on this subject and you're like, I need to learn more, here's a resource that you can dive into. And with that, I want to talk about the word or the phrase, own your brilliance, which is another key phrase in the Candace Doby Rolodex. Um, and I'm looking at the blog that you wrote, this is a, this mindset shift can help your, you own your brilliance. Um, can we talk a little bit about that word and that inspiration? Absolutely. I think every single person is brilliant. And a lot of times when I say this, I do get some people who feel anxious, who don't want to associate themselves with brilliance. And I am here to level with you and let you know that you are brilliant. And really what that is, is yes, it can, you know, it can conjure images of Einstein and make you think about genius. Brilliance also is what I say is the light that, that shines from you within you. And it, it, it comes from a combination of your, your passions, your interests, your talents, your background, your experiences, your education, all of this is unique to you. And it comes together and, and really presents itself in the form of brilliance. And so when I talk about owning your brilliance, I'm specifically talking about speaking up, stepping up and showing up. Those are the three ways that I see people most want to courageously own their brilliance, to speak up, to, to have their voice be heard in a conversation with a group of people who, uh, you know, think one way and you think another way. So really speaking up, also stepping up. So camp staff might have an opportunity to really step up and into positions or take on, you know, projects that have them leading. Um, and this can be difficult to do, particularly with camp. What I see is people find a lot of challenge or maybe even fear around leading people who used to be their peers. So leading people who you used to be friends with, y'all used to be on the same level, and now you're leading them. And some people are really afraid of doing that. And that can, you know, um, that's not owning your brilliance, you know, because if you have that opportunity and someone's kind of tagged you for that opportunity, that means that there is brilliance within you that they see. And the last one is showing up and that's really showing up authentically. So showing up as the fully expressed version of yourself, no matter who, how, where that is really owning who you are. Um, so these are the three places that I see that, you know, people can really own their brilliance and not only do they, you know, help elevate themselves, but they shine a light on the people around them and give other people permission to own their brilliance as well. Thank you. And I'm trying to think of what I do have a follow-up question because again, we're diving in deep. People are listening. They're hearing this maybe for the first time, hopefully not um, owning your brilliance, but first you have to find what makes you brilliant. What makes that light shine? 
what's one thing or an exercise that some a young person out there can do or an older person, any person can do? Yeah. Here's one exercise that I think it, it takes a little bit of time to engage with. And really, you got to sit down with it for a little bit. But I think you can draw a Venn diagram. And you have two circles at the top, one at the bottom, and there's going to be a small space in the min- in the middle that overlaps all three circles. And in one circle, I would put your passions. What are you passionate about? What are the things that light you up? And what are the things really from, from birth? You know, this is something that's innate. I want people to understand that passions are usually innate and they've been with you for a very long time. What are those things? Write them out. Then I would have you in the other circle that's right next to it, write out your interest. What are the things that you are interested in? So these don't have to be as as long-term as passions usually are. It could be right now that you're interested in comic books. It could be right now that you're interested in creative writing. Whatever it is, you write out your interests. And that last circle at the bottom is you write out your talents. So you write out what are the things that I'm good at that I really don't need direction or education for, meaning what are the things that you are just naturally good at? That could be speaking, public speaking. It could be drawing. It could be writing. And so when you look at all these things together, you're writing things together, there's often a theme. I've done this exercise with a lot of different people. There's often a theme and that theme usually will will point to your brilliance. So you start to find overlaps from your passions, your interests, your talents, and it'll, it'll kind of manifest or fold into a theme that, that can point to your brilliance and help you clarify, like, this is what makes me really unique. And this is really where my light, the source of my light comes from. That is awesome. I feel like I want to go do this exercise for myself <laughs> after this conversation. And what an awesome tool as we're thinking about like staff training coming up um, for camp directors and staff to maybe, maybe implement on their own and to see what their brilliance is and what their, what brilliance they can bring into the camp season. So with that in mind, what is one piece of advice you would give camp staff as they head into the upcoming 2023 camp season? I've been thinking about this and I'm actually going to go back to a point that I made earlier, because I think it's, Practical enough as a great place to start and think about as you're at camp this summer, which is be curious. Be curious because as we talked about asking questions, when we're feeling fear, when we're feeling stuck, when we're feeling challenged, oftentimes our brains can go down this negative loophole. But when we can ask questions, whether it be about the accuracy of what we're thinking, if we're talking to another person that doesn't hold the same viewpoint as we do, asking a question like, where are they coming from? Or I'd like to try to under, understand them better. How can I do that? So asking questions and having curiosity and being curious is really foundational to courage, to acting courageously. We talked about a lot today. We talked about understanding risk. We talked about understanding your motivation and also your resources. And, and that can take a lot to unpack. But what doesn't, I, I think, take a lot to unpack is, is really just being curious and thinking about how can I ask questions to help open up a space for understanding for um, thinking of different ways of, of attacking or engaging with that, that problem or challenge. And you're creating space simultaneously. When you do that, you're creating space for courage to surface. 
So good. Very well said. And I hope people take that to heart and just feel courageous about being curious and just being open (laughs) to what comes out of that. I love it. Well, Candace, you've been so generous of your time and your expertise. I I feel like this has been such an incredible enriching conversation. Um, If people are interested in learning more about you, you know, we've mentioned a lot uh, from your book to your podcast, to your website and all your other resources, where can people find you to learn more? I am online. My website is candacedobe.com and then on social media. So LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, it's the same handle as my name at Candace Doby. So those are the spaces and places where I like to play most. And if you're interested in talking more about courage, if you have com- uh, questions about courage, please hit me up. I-, I always love talking about courage. Fantastic. And we'll be sure to include all those links in the show notes so people can find them easily. Well, Candace, thank you so much again for being with us today. We appreciate you so much. Alicia, thank you for co-hosting with me. Thank you both. This has been such an amazing conversation. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having us, Lauren. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to today's episode. For more information from today's podcast, be sure to check out the show notes. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Campwire podcast wherever you listen to your favorite shows. As always, keep up with the American Camp Association across social media platforms at ACA Camp.